I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles, turn with me for our scripture reading for our sermon text this morning as we look together at 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, and we'll look this morning at verses 5, 6, and 7. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is God's holy word for us this morning. God's word says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. This is God's holy word for us this morning. Let's ask Him to bless our time in His word. Father, we do thank You for the gift of Scripture, and we ask that You would bless not only the reading, but now especially the preaching of your word. Open up this text to us. Show us your truth and write it upon our hearts and give us faith to believe all that you say and give us desire to do all that you command and conform us a little more into the image of Christ through your scriptures and your truth this morning. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, the last Sunday, last day period of 2023, it's incredibly hard to believe. I feel like just, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, I was planning the fall, (laughs) and then here it's done and over, and New Year's is upon us. This morning, we continue in our Christmas season here, and we continue with the series that we started Jesus, the light of the world. Now, we just finished the four Sundays of Advent. Here's the first Sunday after Christmas this morning. The colors have changed to white because the king has arrived. He's here. All the candles are lit, including the white candle, the Christ candle, to tell us that the light of the world has come and the night of sin is over. And the enemy is vanquished and the king is here. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's the hope and the power and the glory of Advent and Christmas. And this morning we want to continue our series about this biblical theme of light. Specifically Jesus, the light of the world. Now in the four Sundays of Advent we just finished up the prologue to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. And now we continue on with this biblical theme of Jesus as the light. But we're jumping from... The Gospel of John, chapter 1, to the first letter of John, chapter 1. Now, there's a question I faced as I thought about where to go with this series next, is what's the next step? Now, we've, now that we've celebrated Christmas, the first coming of the light, where do we go next in this series? And I'm taking my cue here for where we go next from Jesus himself in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 46, 
where Jesus says, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, came so that we wouldn't keep on living in, dwelling in darkness. And earlier in John 12, in verse 35, Jesus says, Walk, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. So that's the next step. That's the next step we have to take in this series. The next step is literally stepping. It's to walk. It's to walk in the light. Now that the light has arrived, it's time to walk in that light. In our passage this morning, as I said, we jump from the Gospel of John to the first letter of John. And in the opening chapter of 1 John, John connects the light of God with the ethical and spiritual implications for those who claim to dwell in the light with God. Walking in the light requires a visible separation from the path of darkness. Unless that separation occurs, we cannot have fellowship with God. We can't claim or pretend to have fellowship with God if that separation has not occurred But when that separation does occur, we are able to enjoy full fellowship with the Father and with Jesus, His Son. That's what 1 John 1, 5-7 is telling us. So I want us to just walk through these three verses and see how John unpacks this idea that we should walk in the light. So let's start with verse 5. Point 1 this morning, verse 5, the light and the luminary. You'll notice that all three points have light language or imagery in them. Point 1 in verse 5, the light and the luminary. Let's read verse 5. John says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Notice something here. John is giving us a summary of the Christian message. I love passages like this in the Bible. This is a big book. There's a lot of pages. Mine's double column, and it's still over a thousand pages. I mean, almost 2,000 pages, you know, not counting the maps. It's a big book. There's a lot in it. So summary statements that are in the book are really nice, really helpful. And here he's giving us a summary statement of the Christian message. Message He says, this is the message. Praise the Lord for a clear verse in the Bible. Not every verse is it's this clear. This is the message. And it begins with these two points. And they're both about God. God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. That's very instructive. Where does the Christian message begin? It doesn't begin with me. And it doesn't begin with the world. And it doesn't begin with sin. And it doesn't begin with you. It doesn't begin with any of us. The Christian message is a message that starts with who God is. 
That's where it has to start. And if we start anywhere else, we're going to be off from the beginning. Okay, if you start measuring something and you're crooked at the start, you're not going to get a straight line. <laughs> this is not going to happen. So you got to get the starting point correct. The Christian message begins with who God is. Who He is. Not what He does, but who He is. Just who He is. Had God never done anything, had He never created anything, and it's just God forever and ever, this would still be true. It's who is God, apart from what I think or feel about God, who is He? And John starts by telling us two things. God is light, and there's no darkness in Him whatsoever. So what's he talking about here? God is light. This light theme, right? That's what we're looking at. God is light. Here, John is referring to God's moral character of absolute goodness. Light symbolism in the Bible means a lot of things. Here, in context, as we'll see, God is light means God's Moral character of absolute goodness. And notice it doesn't say that God has light. It's that He is light. And later in the letter, he spells this out to mean God's absolute moral goodness is His absolute perfect love. Because in the letter, he'll say two things. God is light and God is love. His absolute goodness is summed up in His absolute, perfect love. And it's not just that He has love and that He has light, but He is light itself, and He is love itself. I've used this illustration before that how do you know, how does anybody know how long a yard is so they can make yardsticks to sell? How does anybody know what a yard is? How do you tell if I've got three or four sticks up here and they're different lengths and we all think that they're a yard, how do you decide which one is a yard and which one isn't? Well, believe it or not, there still exists. I think it's actually in a museum somewhere in France, believe it or not. I think that the original yardstick is still preserved somewhere. Like someone had to come up with it. Mm, that's going to be a yard. <laughs> okay. So the, there's an original yardstick that tells you whether or not anything else is a yard or not. It's the original yard by which every other yard is measured. Every other yardstick is measured. And God's character, His, His nature as perfect goodness, is that original goodness by which you determine if anything else is good. All other goodness in the universe is, dis, is determined to be more or less good based on how it measures up to God's character. He is the embodiment, the archetype, the original goodness itself. He is the original archetype of love itself. So if you want to know what love is, you're trying to measure, is this loving or not? Look at the character of God, and it will tell you. God is light, and God is love. And that means His perfect moral Goodness, His absolute, perfect love. That's who He is. Original, 
eternal, unchangeable, undiminished goodness and love. That's who God is. And then he says, there's no darkness in him at all. There's no darkness in this light. And here John is referring to the absolute purity of God's goodness, of God's love, of God's nature and character. It's absolutely pure. He is all light with no mixture of darkness. Not the hint of shadow in him. He is pure, complete light with no darkness at all. His goodness has no defect. His love has no deficiency, no flaw. All our goodness, as good as we are, it's limited and flawed. There are things about us that are not good. I know you have a hard time believing that because <laughs> we're all so precious. And I think all of you are very good people. I think, you know, but somewhere deep inside there's badness, right? We all are still sinners. We're not perfect in goodness. It's very limited and very flawed. Our love waxes and wanes. Sometimes it's strong. Sometimes it's weak. We love some people more when they're acting a certain way. And when they're acting a different way, our love kind of diminishes. And it, it we're, right? We, we, we ebb and flow in our goodness and our love. It's flawed. It's imperfect. It changes, comes and goes in degrees. But God isn't like that. He's all goodness and all love all the time. And he can't be anything else because it's what he is. <laughs> it's his nature to be absolutely perfect. All light and no darkness means that God, is, God has complete undiluted perfection in his nature and his character. God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. That's where the Christian message starts, with God, the light. But there's a second piece in verse 5, and that's why point 1 is not just simply the light. It's also the light and the luminary. Because notice another thing in verse 5. This is the message, and he doesn't stop there. He says, this is the message we have heard from him. And proclaim to you that God is light. This is the message we heard from somebody. We heard from him. Who's the him? It's Christ. This is the message that we learned from Jesus. John is saying this is not my message that I came up with because it sounds nice. Or it's my read of things. It's not an idea John came up with. John received this information. This message is not something that, that the early Christians invented. It's something Jesus came and taught and proclaimed and revealed. He is the means or medium of revelation. He is the great divine oracle that tells us this message. He reveals this stuff to us. He's a luminary. If God is the light, Jesus is his luminary. Now, what is a luminary? I looked it up this week. It has two definitions. Two definitions of a luminary. First definition is, a luminary is someone who exhibits great brilliance in his or her field. We can think of Albert Einstein as this great physics luminary. 
Because he was so brilliant. He was a genius at physics. His insights, the things he saw and revealed to us about the way nature really is. Not stuff he made up, but stuff he found and discovered and was able to map out and explain and write down. Has just changed the world. Nothing is the same once you discover Einstein's theories of relativity. It just overturns everything. And it's not something he made up. He's actually showing us something about the nature of reality itself, about the physical universe itself. He was a great luminary. And you can think of people in other fields who are these brilliant people who have discovered and learned so much and who show that stuff to us. They're genius, their brilliance. Well, here, Jesus is a great spiritual luminary who came and told us what he knew about his father. He had a special relationship with God as the unique son. He knew God in a way that nobody else has or could know unless he tells us what he knows. He's the great revealer who has seen the the inner hidden depths of God himself and has revealed those things to us. This is the message we've heard from him and revealed to you. The only one who's in a position to know what the inner nature of God really is, is the Son. As he says in Matthew, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone else to whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father. Jesus is the luminary. There's a second definition of luminary. It's a It's a heavenly body that shines light. It's an older use of luminaries. Like the sun and the moon and the stars are considered to be luminaries because they're heavenly bodies that shine light into the world. Now the moon reflects light, but these are heavenly bodies that are light sources for the earth. And Jesus is that too. He's the light of the world. He is the very revelation of the Father to us God is the light and he shines his light into our world and into our darkness and reveals who he is through his son, Jesus. He is the source. Jesus is the source of heaven's light and life. And he brings God to light for us. That's where we ended last week, that he made the Father known. No one's ever seen God, John 1.18, but the Son, he has explained him, disclosed him, unveiled him and revealed him. To us, God is light, and Jesus is his great luminary who shines God's light to us and makes him known. Hebrews 1 3 says that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, the radiance of God's glory. God is the light, and Jesus is the brightness of that light that shines upon us. Revealing God to us. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Second point this morning, night and day, verses 6 and the first part of verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 2 says that God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what I quoted in my call to worship this morning before we did our responsive reading. That God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Once we are delivered from darkness by Jesus, the light of the world, we come into the light and we enjoy fellowship or communion with God in his light. But look what John says, verse 6 in the first part of verse 7. He says, if we say, if we claim we have fellowship, communion, a relationship with God while we walk in darkness, we're lying. We're lying to ourselves and anyone else we say this to. We speak falsely and we do not practice the truth. If you say, oh yes, I have a relationship with God, I am in fellowship with God, I have communion with the Father, and then we look at your life and you're walking in darkness, he says, you're speaking falsely and you're living wrongly. Right? Because think about it. You can't say, I'm in the light and walking, you can't be in the light and in the dark at the same time. It's, it's a one or the other situation. You can't be in the dark and say, I'm in the light. And you can't be in the light and say, I'm in the dark. The two are mutually exclusive. You can't have them both. But if we walk in the light, first part of verse 7, as he is in the light, we do have fellowship with one another, with God and with Christ and with each other. So if we're going to say we have a relationship with God, we have to be walking in the light. We can't be walking in the darkness or we don't really have that relationship with God. This, this is a callback, a, a, an echo of Genesis chapter 1 where God says, let there be light and there was light and God separated the light from the darkness and the darkness he called night and the light he called day so when you are called out of the darkness into God's light into a fellow into fellowship and communion with God as one of his own there has to be a night and day difference in how you live there isn't any other option when we come into the light, we have to leave the life of darkness behind. Or we're not really in the light. John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'm following Jesus. Well, Jesus doesn't walk in the dark, and you are. So are you following him or not? That's the, that's the argument. That's the argument. This idea of separating the light from the darkness, separation, that is the core meaning of the biblical Hebrew word for holy. Holiness means at its core, separation. And when God set the night and the day apart from each other, He created that separation. He built holiness into creation. 
Because when you're holy, you have been set apart from what is common. And you've been consecrated, set aside for God's holy purposes and service. That's what holiness comes down to. Walking in the light means walking in separation from the darkness. It means walking in holiness. Walking in holiness. But what does that mean? We can be more specific. Okay, we can't say that we're in the light with God when we walk in the darkness. So what does it mean to walk in the light? 1 John chapter 2 tells us what it means. So if you look ahead to chapter 2, we see that walking in the light means at least these three things. Number one, it means obeying God's commandments. Walking in the light means walking in obedience. 1 John 2, 4, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Same thing we just saw in verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. What does it mean to walk in the light? First thing it means is to walk in obedience. To walk in obedience to God's word, his law, his commands. We walk in the light when we walk in obedience to God. Second thing it means in 1 John 2 is it means imitating the example of Jesus. Look at verse 6. It says, whoever says he abides in him, in Christ, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So what does it mean to walk in the light? It means to actually follow Jesus, to walk in the light the way he did. To follow his example, to imitate his life, his character. To begin to cultivate in yourself all those virtues that Jesus had. His love, his faith, his patience, his innocence, his holiness. All those wonderful excellencies and virtues of the, of the character of Christ. We begin to cultivate those in ourselves and walk that way. We start to think more like him and talk more like him and love more like him and live more like him and... Have a prayer life more like his and have a love for scripture more like his and be just as committed to his people like he was and to grow in our Christ likeness. Walking in the light means walking more like that luminary who reveals the light, who shines the light. Walking in the light means obeying God's commands and it means looking more and more like Jesus, walking the way he walked, living the way he lived. See, he did it all first. And he set us an example to follow. Obeying God's commands, imitating Christ's example. And then number three, what it means to walk in the light is to embody God's own character of goodness and love in ourselves. To embody God's own character of goodness and love. And this is verses 9 to 11 in First John 2. John says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. 
Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Walking in the light means walking in the love of God. Walking in the love of God. God is light, and in Him there's no darkness. God is love, and in Him there is no hatred. Meaning we don't hate, we love. We embody God's own character of goodness and love in the way we love and the way we live. And that's what being godly means. Godly can sometimes be a confusing spiritual word, but really when you get right down to it, being godly means being more like God, having more of His character in our character, more of His integrity, more of His goodness, more of His love in us and in our actual lives. And remember, God's character is perfectly revealed in Christ. And now we're back to imitating Christ. Because Christ is the luminary and God is the light, because Christ is the revealer of God's character, godliness and Christ's likeness are actually the same thing. Being more like Christ is being more like God. Being more like God is being more like Christ. And that is a life of perfect goodness, perfect love, and perfect obedience. And that's all three wrapped together. We walk in obedience to God's word. We walk the way Jesus walked. And we exude and embody the character of God and the love and goodness of God in ourselves. And if we have no interest in any of those things, we can't say we have fellowship with God. Because God is in the light where those things are realities. And if we're over here in the dark, we can't say, oh yeah, I I know God. You can't be in the dark and in the light at the same time, John says. To walk in the light means to leave the life of darkness behind for a life of obedience to God, following the example of Jesus, and being conformed to the character of God. That's how you grow in holiness, in separation from the life of darkness. We cannot live in sin and claim to have fellowship with God. Sin separates us from God Holiness separates us from sin. When we walk in the light, we are then able to have fellowship or communion with God. That's that's how verse 7, the first part of verse 7 goes. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have that fellowship, that communion with God. This takes us to our final point. This could cause a serious problem for our Christian lives. For me, this raises a big problem for my Christian life because everything that just got described in verse 2, or excuse me, in point 2, does not give me any hope of assurance. (laughs) If you hear something like like point 2 and think, I'm doing pretty good. You didn't hear me. Maybe I'll I'll preach point two again next week. Or I'll just repeat it. Because point two ought to make us go, wow. 
if that's what it means to walk in the light, and if that is the absolute prerequisite for having a fellowship with God, then I may not be a Christian. I feel like I'm probably still in the dark. That's how it ought to strike us. Because the Christian message is not a compromise message. It doesn't compromise with sin. It says, you need to stop sinning, period. No more sin, Christian. That's the Christian message. Stop sinning. God is light. There's no darkness in Him. So get all the sin out now. (laughs) And it does not compromise that message. But this raises an immediate problem. When we come to the light, all our remaining dark spots are fully exposed. And is this not true in your own experience, Christian? I, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I said... As we grow in our walk with the Lord, don't you find this to be true? We discover more and more how deeply sinful we really are. Or is that just me? The more I walk with the Lord, I think, wow, there is a bottomless cavern of evil in my soul that I did not know was there. When I first got saved, I thought I was a little sinful, not that bad. <laughs> right? And now, after walking in the light, you think, man, I, there's so much darkness still in me. So much that there's just more and more I'm discovering. The more I see the original yardstick of goodness, and I look at my goodness, I see more and more how little it measures up. How far short it falls. And that can be very spiritually traumatizing to us in our Christian life. The light could cause us terror and leave us with no assurance of our salvation. And that's why there's a point three. We're not just exposed to the light, which can be terrifying for those of us who know we're still sinful. Verse 7 doesn't stop there. It ends like this. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship. And then it ends like this. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yes! (laughs) The Christian message starts with who God is. And that shows us how sinful we are. But it doesn't leave us there. The light should show us how sinful we are. So it drives us to the Savior. The Christian message is all about God and who He is. And us and our sinfulness and how far short we fall. And then the glory of the gospel. And how Jesus is the one who saves us from sin. The one who gives us that separation from darkness. The one who not only exposes all of our remaining sin, but Jesus eclipses those sins as well. Verse 7 ends the way it does with this glorious gospel promise to give us peace and assure our hearts before God. Yes, God is light, but remember, Jesus is his luminary. God is the the sun, the S-U-N. God is like the sun, 
And Jesus is like the moon that reflects his light in the world. But sometimes the moon eclipses the sun. Right? That's what an eclipse is, right? A solar eclipse anyways. The sun and the earth. Sun shining on the earth. And then something passes between. The moon blocks the light of the sun and puts us in the dark. But this is not that old life of darkness and sin. No, this is Jesus eclipsing our sins. Sometimes the moon eclipses the sun by passing in between the sun and us. And in the same way, Jesus passes between us and the Father, and He puts all your sins in the shade. And that is gospel good news. That on the cross, why did the sun go dark in the gospels when Jesus hung His head and died? He eclipsed all your sin. He put it all in the shade. So now you are not exposed to that blinding light that should incinerate us for our sins, the fiery light of God's judgment. His blood eclipses our sins so that we can walk in the light with freedom and courage and confidence and joy. We can have fellowship with God in the light and not be crippled by our own remaining darkness. It is not sinless perfection by us getting rid of every sin. And then only when I'm sinless can I have fellowship with God. No, this is a gospel fellowship where you're called into the light out of darkness. And Jesus eclipses all your sins so that you can walk in the light of God's forgiveness and love and grace and mercy. And now there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And now you walk in the light in this process of growing in holiness and continuing to put the remaining dark spots out of your life. He's the one who covers us so that we can enjoy fellowship with God with peace and assurance and hope and not be crippled with fear and terror and doubt. And that's the bottom line. The light has come into the world And that light has shone upon us and brought us out of our darkness and into God's perfect light. And we are called now to walk in that light. And that means dwelling with God in daily communion, in fellowship with God. And then from that gospel-based relationship with God, we continue to grow in holiness, to walk more and more in the light, And that means growing daily in repentance of sin. Growing daily in our trust of Jesus and his gospel. And growing daily in our obedience. That's what it means to walk in the light. Not to be sinlessly perfect. You have no shot at that. No chance. This is gospel, not law. You walk in obedience with repentance and faith in the gospel. And you enjoy the light of God shining upon you with perfect goodness and perfect love forever. Jesus is the light of the world. 
The light has come, and the light is calling us to come out of our darkness and to walk in His glorious light. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the power of Your Word and for the power of knowing who You are and the power of the gospel of Christ. Thank You that You do not leave us exposed before you in our darkness. Thank you for giving us the cross that eclipses all our sin, that assures our hearts that, your, that the blood of your son has never once failed us and never could, and that it's because of his atoning blood, his sacrifice for us, that we can stand in the light and enjoy fellowship with you. Help us, Lord, to grow in our separation from the darkness, to put our sins away, to leave the life of darkness behind, and to walk fully in the light, repenting daily, trusting the gospel of Christ every day, and then setting our face to walk away from the dark and more and more fully in your light, growing in our Christ-likeness, growing in godliness, obeying you, loving you, and pleasing you. Help us to embrace this light and to walk in it every day until we see you face to glorious face. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.